All right, all right. Happy Wednesday. Oh, we're back again. Um, so let's let's do it right this time. <laughs> we're gonna get started by introducing ourselves the way a podcast should. So I'm Rachel Vote, and I'm so excited for uh, us to get started with another podcast today. And I'm also excited that I get to spend some time with my best friend Jess Anderson, who is here. Tell them who you are. I'm Jess Anderson. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. Uh, you can also friend request me so that you can follow along to uh, my pregnancy journey that has been a mini roller coaster in itself. But today's 17 weeks. Yay. Holy crap. I know. Almost halfway. I'm excited. Yeah. Almost, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, check out my boudoir photos with Anderson Facebook group. It's private, but add yourself. Um, because I am trying to organize some outdoor water sessions for boudoir in August. Did you find a place yet? Um, yes and no. We're just going to do it at one of the public um lakes or river locations but we're gonna i'm gonna try and schedule it during the day after school starts in august so that um hopefully families and things are indoors and not out on the lakes hopefully that would be super fun uh super super fun for her good well and uh, i just did hair for a couple of your clients i had boudoir sessions on saturday and so much fun so much fun so if you have not booked a session i would highly recommend it um one of the women was doing it for her husband and the other was doing it mostly for herself but the the first girl even said she's like this is for me and i was like that's great get it girl so for sure get those signed up um and me i'm rachel so tomorrow we're cooking in the kitchen with chef tone the three ingredients this week are mangoes, cinnamon, and feta cheese. That's what the winner picked from last week. It was so funny because I sent him to Chef Tone, right? And he goes, gross. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I, I saw your face. I, well, I was like, I was like, that sounds really like gross, but I'm like, well, but knowing it's a challenge. But yeah. knowing Tone, I'm like, I'm really excited to try it. Like, yeah. I'm, I want some of his food. Y'all just need to, like, I'm coming over Thursday nights. I'm just going to hide in the background. <laughs> well, you can't because we have so much. Good. We, we end up with three three meals because he cooks it first to cook it. Then mm-hmm. I cook it on live TV and F it up, live <laughs> Facebook. And then we he cooks it again for the winter. <laughs> so we, we do. We always have extra. Oh, okay. it's ridiculous. Okay. So um, today we, well, what was the other thing I got to plug? Sorry. 29th 29th of the month is the empowerment class and I just I'm I'm so excited I, I, I this is like I said I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before like this is the first time I am unabashedly just like plugging something because of the amount of joy I get from doing the empowerment class let alone the feedback I get from other people and I've had so many women come to me who are really excited about it so get your butts signed up it is a $30 class if you're struggling with any depression anxiety unease in your life uncertainty fear any of those things if you just if something don't feel right, like you just want to be better in your life, then this is great for two different reasons. If you're somebody that's like looking for some guidance and you just have zero idea, then this class can really help to try to pinpoint why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And if you already have started making changes in your life, good on you. Uh, but this is also a class that will help to clarify and expedite momentum for those changes too. So make sure to hit me up. It is an online course, so you don't even have to leave your house. We don't even have to know if you're wearing pants. It's mm-hmm. totally fine. Uh, and I would love, love, love to see you. So Make sure to PM me for those details as well. All right. So um, this week, we still don't really have a lot of structure. But what we decided to really kind of talk about was uh, a continuation of a VIP post I did, which also, if you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy, you can get your tush into that group if you're interested about learning about sexual wellness and intimacy for sure. Um, I kind of went back to the classic thing that I was doing for quite a few years of just going live and talking about whatever. Um, and this week it was about like one of the top 
things that I tend to see in my ordering rooms. And it, it stemmed from kind of more from a conversation that we had in like a consultant chat, like a sisterhood chat where I was kind of looking for ideas about like, Hey, what are you demoing? Like what's your most popular items kinds of things. And it kind of slid into more of like, what do you hear from your clients? What are your clients looking for? And those kinds of things. And I kind of compiled my own top five things I hear the most or I see the most or whatever I talk about the most in my ordering rooms. But then I had even thought in the moment when I was doing the live about how I bet you other consultants experiences are different. Like Mm -hmm. we might see a lot of the same things, but I guarantee depending on what you demo Mm -hmm. and depending on how your demo is formed, like a lot of people focus on the entertainment aspect. A lot of people uh, focus on the empowerment aspect. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus on the education aspect and some people have a dabble of two or all three. So I can guarantee like, as I was thinking about it, I bet it is different for each person. So Mm -hmm. it'll be kind of interesting to have this conversation with you who um, also did pure romance for quite a while and had plenty of opportunities. Even there was, there was one live, I think, I don't remember what we were talking about, but the amount of depth that you went into about, I think it was about lubrication. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's just so sad she's not doing parties anymore because you you even delved out more information than I do at mm-hmm. my parties about the importance and stuff like that. So um, I think that if you feel like you're struggle busting in your relationship in, in the bedroom specifically, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so if you are interested in hearing kind of what we hear in the order room too, it's going to be a good one. Okay. Um, but let's, let's get into it. So I would say... It's hard for me to say, like, what would be the number one thing, because it absolutely differs, I'd say, season to season, year to year, well, culture to culture. Culture to culture, and I think personality to personality, because... And what's going on in the world makes yes. a difference, too. Um, but between two different consultants, like, <laughs> like you right now at your parties, I think that you're very outgoing and very funny and make people laugh a lot at your parties, so you make people feel very comfortable very quickly with you. Try. There's other consultants that I've shadowed that are a little bit more um, dry humor or they stick a little bit more to the facts about things and it's less entertainment wise. Correct. It, because that's their personality. It's a presentation. Yeah. It's an educational. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's a little bit like talking to your high school health teacher. You know, it's a little bit more awkward because it's in my it's opinion. Not a, it's not a personal relationship. Yes. Yeah. But it, again, that's really, or that's personality to personality because that doesn't fit with me but it might fit with somebody else they might feel more comfortable talking to somebody that's more factual because they might feel more confident in their their resources the resource. and their answer, yeah. and the answers yeah i think it's funny that you say that because like i sometimes am dumbfounded about the amount of information people are willing to hand over to me and not in like a like like girl you crazy to give me this like holy crap, they trust me this much. Yes. But I see what you're saying is like, I honestly still to this day sitting in this chair seven and a half years later, I've, I'd never really considered myself, I don't know, the teacher, like, I guess, like, you know, like I, I'm, I always describe before I was a consultant, mm-hmm. right. And then I kind of shifted into sexual wellness advocate. Yeah. So advocacy is still not like any formal training. It's just, this is my belief. And I think that everybody should have access to it kind of philosophy. Right. I was given the access to this information and And I I want to pass it on and pass it on because I believe in it. Yeah. But yeah, Uh, but from, yeah, I think from their perspective, when they come in, they do see me as the expert. They at least see me as somebody who is passionate about it or somebody that's willing to talk about it, willing to talk about it. That too. That too. So when you say that, I mean, I think that that takes some pressure off of me because I always kind of felt like almost fake by saying that I'm a teacher because I don't like to say I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. because there's no certification that goes alongside it. But there is, 
there's nothing that says that people can't hold value from years of experience and, and, and truthful knowledge of acquiring that knowledge through parties and education and seminars and conventions and self-help books and whatever, 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 that it's, it's still a legitimate source for people to feel trusted that they're getting that. So that makes sense now. And I feel like, I mean, I've said a lot in the ordering room. I mean, sometimes I used to say it at my parties, but I would tell people, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a teacher. Right. Um, but if you want more information or if you hear something that I say that that sparks your interest and you want um, credible sources, I know where to find them. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. can get those to you. So it's, it's almost like we are the middleman mm-hmm. and that we're just the... <sighs> The way, like, the person community, like, I don't even, there's a word for it, and my brain's going flat. But it, the, the medium? I don't even, I don't even know. But basically, we're just, we're the middle person that's helping communicate and spread the, the awareness of the our message. Yeah. I know. I think because you don't know what the word is, it made it fall out of my brain, too. I know. It hurts. And the mediator is close, but that's not the word you're looking for. It's fine. All right. So, um, like I said, I don't know if I could tell you which is the number one, but we'll talk about five-ish, if we can come up with time, whatever. Um, Five-ish, top, at least from my side and then from your side, Mm -hmm. and then we'll go from there. So, I would say, though, if I had to say the top thing... It's about libido. Like the top thing I hear is that it's somebody has a higher drive than somebody. Mm -hmm. And when I first got into the business, I think the cliche was still very heavily that men had a higher drive than women. Um, And I talked about this on my live the other day that I was very, it's hard to say pleasantly surprised because you don't want to be, be, it's not a good feeling, Mm -hmm. but I was surprised in a good way how many women were coming into my order room telling me I have a higher drive than my partner. And, um, I think that's just great because like, because of the cliche that was out there, I believe in my heart of hearts. Like I could tell you that I think that more women are interested in sex than people think. Oh, 100%. Even women. I think that women who are interested in sex think that they're the only ones or they think that they're, I'd say in 2020, they think that they're a small percentage. But when I was even 18, I would say that women would have thought they were the only ones that were interested in sex majority wise. 100%. And I, I feel like on all of these podcasts, no matter the topic, I always come back to it's because the rich white men that wrote the narrative for popular culture, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever it it really started, I mean, it could have started a hundred years ago. But they were the ones telling women that it was our job to please the man. So it it created this narrative that the women's role was to please the man. It didn't matter if you wanted pleasure or not. Yeah. So it it just naturally, in my mind, created this culture where it was was believed that men had the higher libido because they were the ones that we were supposed to be pleasing. And we didn't, t- and people didn't talk about women's pleasure. It's well, and I, I, maybe there wasn't even any correlation between pleasure and libido at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean. One hundred percent. They just didn't even know it was the thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I always like that when we talk about that kind of thing. Is, is it, it's so important to remember where perspective came from mm-hmm. because it did. It came from white men because that was even like when we talk about like when I talk about the history of vibrators at my party and I say, hey, did y'all know these originated in doctors' offices and people? It's and especially nowadays, it's like more people do know it, but yeah. a lot of people don't know they it don't. and they don't believe it either. Um, and I watched something that was really interesting that it was like maybe how they were talking about how still today in 2020 we're in like third world countries where they still do genital mutilation and they remove clitoris tissue, clitoral tissue from women. And, you know, we talk about like, why do they do this? Why do they do this? Well, because that's when, when, when the human body was being experimented on, when, when people were discovering the 
everything, anatomy, functionality, all of that stuff. It was a male-dominated society still, well, still, I mean, that's what we're talking about. And that includes the scientific realm. So this was men poking at women's bodies instead of asking questions or having female doctors Mm -hmm. present, um, you know, and it's not a shame on you. It's just, we didn't know any better at the time. We didn't. We didn't know any better. And we didn't realize how big of a difference the perspectives between the female man and male, sorry, the female brain and the male brain are. And the fact that you cannot solely rely on information from men to be an accurate representation. Just like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have relied on one man's opinion. Exactly. Same kind of thing. But we, yeah. we know we know better, we do better now. We know better, we do better. Right. And, and we follow the Wish Lab at UNL because they, <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah. Please they're do that. doing some great research into women's um, sexual health and pleasure. And you can get paid to masturbate for them if you're interested in that to, yeah. help, re- to help further female research. So check it out if you're in Lincoln, Nebraska or in the area. Right. And they have a, their current study actually involves marijuana, THC, and alcohol and how that interferes or increases the libido and and want yeah yeah and it's it's really weird like i mean i posted in my vip page like jess said you can get paid for it so like you might you don't have to tell your fucking friends like if you no. think this is weird like if they think i got paid to masturbate yeah, yeah but you have no idea what it, it is doing for women mm-hmm. in terms of access to information um in terms of access to pleasure mm-hmm. um to just living your best life and it's so important it's it's it's, it's important so it's important. please go do it please yeah. go do it and rachel I, and I, I did not qualify i think i was too old oh and well i was gonna say rachel and i took a tour of their of their labs and got to see the work that they're doing and the types of things that they're looking for at during their research. Mm. And it was it was eye-opening. It was oh, we awesome. both cried. Yeah. We both cried. It was moving. It was very moving just to see, like, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it now. Like, they were so open, just come down, see this. Like, we, we not only will we be doing a podcast. Um, with them, eventually. With them, yes. They, they, they were more than open to doing that for us. Pre-COVID. Yes, pre-COVID. It was right before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were just so open about letting us come into the lab. And I was just so surprised. And even afterwards, after we got to view everything that was going on down there, which is, this is in the stadium, for those of you that are local. I, oh, if yeah. you did not know that, because I did not know that there was a research facility in, in the, the top <laughs> part of the stadium. Of the football stadium. It's so, crazy. yeah. So, to me, that even adds more power to the feeling of where you're at, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, football stadium, <laughs> female reproductive study happening, right? You know, but then afterwards they sat and they, they told us about all of the things that they have been doing. All they had this giant marker board. Oh, it just gives me more goosebumps. <laughs> they have this giant marker board about all of these studies that they wanted to do, all of these things that they were interested in. And there was just stuff on this board that just like it blew your mind because it was like, I would have never thought that they would do a study on this. Or I wouldn't have even fathomed how they could have done a study on this. Well, and I wish I would have remembered more about what we... I mean, there was just... There was a lot of stuff with mind and transgendered oh, yeah. and well, identity and in general. It's funny because I had two trains of thought while I was staring at that board. The first train of thought was how did they even think about creating this type of study? Like, how did they go about presenting this to a board... Like, a, yeah. a grant board somewhere? Yeah. But my other train of thought was... How in the world is it 2020 and we still yeah. don't have accurate information about these Isn't things? that crazy how it's two ends of the spectrum? Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, was mind But one thing that I have, I've, I think that's been helping me a lot lately, because, like, when you think about stuff like that, oppression, when you think about non-equal rights, when you think about how far we have to go, right, is is that. Like, but look how far we've come. And mm-hmm. I think that we, it, we as a society forget to do that quite a bit. It's like, it's not that... I'm not saying that there's not obstacles ahead of us and there's not people who are trying to stop it, which is just asinine when you look at it from that perspective, thinking everything's constantly moving. People are evolving. The humans are, the, this, uh, everything has to evolve. Technology evolves. So it's always going to be ongoing, which is 
the power in that is to know that maybe it's not that we're as far behind as we think we are. Yeah. But it's just, they started with man. <laughs> White man. White man. White man. man. They have to start studying other people and other cultures and it's... And celebrating it, it. It is kind of inspiring though to be, to know that you and I have access to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, that, and not just access because it's very clear that they were so willing to talk about what they do to with anybody. I mean, they were excited because we were affiliated with Pure Romance. Right, and, they wanted, and that was a thing. And that was a thing that they wanted to know what we were teaching our clients, like how we we're communicating certain things with clients because they wanted to know how they could help us and give us better information, things like that, which they did. And I quote them almost all the time when I talk about fertility issues now. Yeah, um, yes. That was a huge It validated thing. a lot of the things I felt in my heart about infertility. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, oh God, I'm so excited for the things that they're doing in the world. Yeah. But it, it, it inspires me a little bit to know that, you know, I've lived in Lincoln almost my entire life. And, that, you know, this was a thing that's here, it's mm-hmm. been here for a while, and I had no idea about it. But yep. because of the things that you and I do, like, it, we were introduced to these people and we're, I'm, my circle is becoming these people that are yeah. trying to change the world and do better things. Yeah. I was legit like super excited how excited they were to be friends with us too. Oh, yeah. Like I, it was never like a concern of them thinking they were better than this. Mm-hmm. I thought they would be too busy for yes, us is it what is. it was. So yeah, we should totally, I didn't even think about reaching back out even though I started seeing the wish lab stuff coming back through on Facebook. So I'm wondering what's going on. Yes. I'm sure um, once UNL completely opens back up to in-person classes, then we can start doing stuff with them. Cool. Because they, um, obviously they can't do anything in the lab until sure. UNL opens back up. Sure, sure, sure. Exciting. Yeah. So yeah. So um, that was a little burnt yeah, that was right? a. But but that's why it's so important. Mm-hmm. That's why it, it, it was an important squirrel moment because, yes, women, you need to know that there's nothing wrong with you if you crave sex, if you oh, no. if you're attracted to your partner, if you daydream, if you um, if you masturbate, if you masturbate excessively. Well, what is excessively? I don't right. even think that that that's a that's an option. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's perspective. Yes, exactly. Ah! <laughs> but it's one of those things that it makes me think of, um, again, back to the white man who created the narrative is that they also pushed this narrative of if women had high libidos, all you could be was like a whore or a prostitute. Like those were the only women that had high libidos. They didn't mm-hmm. like, if you think back to eighties, seventies, sixties movies, I don't remember seeing a lot of women who were promiscuous that weren't painted as sluts and whores and prostitutes and things like right, that. Right. It was very rarely an empowerment. Yes. An very empowering so. role. So now I think that's why a lot of women, especially older women, have shame around mm-hmm. high libidos and they don't want to talk about it and they feel uncomfortable admitting, especially, I mean, I've had women that are twice, sometimes three times my age, if not older, in the ordering room because, you know, I was in my early 20s when I did Pure Romance. And so it's, it's, I, it's not uncomfortable for me, but it's almost one of those things where I'm like, I'm nervous because I don't want them to think less of me as a, an advocate just because of my age. But then when I hear them open up about things like, we never talked about this growing up. We were, you know, our, our parents told us that it was shameful. Our parents didn't like explain the birds and the bees to us until we were much older. Mm-hmm. I did, I've never owned a vibrator or I didn't own a vibrator until after I was 50. Like being able to talk to them and let them know that, you know, you're sp- all of the medical benefits to masturbation right. and to owning your sexuality and that you can get rid of all that mental stress right. from just opening up and accepting your sexuality and, yeah. and owning it and being proud of it. Like it's, I, I am sad that I'm not going to be doing parties anymore because it, it was a very empowering feeling and having those one-on-one conversations with women 
And yeah, that's my favorite part. And letting women know exactly. And the demo's always fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and the laughs. making people and, laugh, yeah. yeah. Especially about sex. Oh, yeah. Um, I was incredibly flattered. Last night, there was a uh, a client of mine at, at um, this meeting I was at, and she said to me, I might, uh, three times, not an exaggeration, because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to leave. Are you trying to make it so I can't leave this room because my head will be too big? Like, <laughs> she was just so kind. Like, I, you just, you're my idol, is what she said. And she is over 40, mm-hmm. I will say. I'll just be grace, graceful. She's over 40. And it was just so, so sweet. And I was like, it was so validating because she was like, she's, there's other people that do what you do. She's like, I, I had a consultant. She's like, but the way you do it is different. The way that you incorporate the life aspect to it. And I said, well, to me, it, it was, it was, uh-huh. and I was like, thank you so much for letting me say, say this out loud. Um, to me, that's what made it different was that, I could see that it was going to take somehow to make it. I, I didn't even know it until now. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I knew I was going to have to make it real some way. That I was going to have to, like you said, I don't like. I don't like to word normalize it because it, it's already normal. It's normal. But that's, but that's the problem. That's it's, what I mean. That's what normalize means. But you know, I knew that if I could incorporate it into the world, to, to your life somehow, you could make it easier to accept. Right, because then you could see how it was a natural flow, and somehow there there was a disconnect. There, mm-hmm. there became a disconnect about the most natural thing on planet Earth because it's the only way we're here. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. I mean, animals have zero shame about it because they only do it for. Reproductive standards, right? For, for the most part, most species, right? But we have this amazing opportunity to make it a conscious thing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you talk about like women's bodies are, in my opinion, more important. We house we house the fetus, we grow the baby, and you you can't do that with male reproductive parts. And so, obviously, we are essential. Well, I mean, obviously, both are essential. Mm-hmm. They're both essential for the reasons that it takes to create the baby. But when you run off with this philosophy that women are promiscuous because they enjoy pleasure, when it's like... My my job is to teach my children that somehow, some way. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's so complex in that regard. But the, I don't. I, I don't know where the disconnect happens. I mean, I do. It's a, it's a myriad of different things, and that's why the weave is so tight that you can't yeah. un, unwove it, right? Mm-hmm. But just if you just spent five minutes, I think, literally just repeating to yourself. What's my hang-up? It's natural. What's my hang-up? It's natural. Like, you're going to have this internal thing that's going to fight you. And it's going to go, but it's dirty. But it's wrong. You know, whatever whatever it is. It, but if you just repeated the question, but it's natural, then... That's not a question, but it's a statement. Mm-hmm. Then you would eventually tear down the... Okay, all right, yeah. Maybe somebody somebody else thought it was dirty, but do I think it's dirty? Oh, yeah. Or not with somebody I love where I appreciate the experience. Exactly. It's one of those things where... Okay, it's dirty, but not all sex is dirty. Sex with my partner is beautiful, you know, you know, yeah. and having be- dirty sex is not shameful, but it's one of those, like, and it's not something Well, and what does dirty on. mean to you? Do you picture two crackheads who are so strung out they're not enjoying it, or do you right. picture two people rolling around and pudding because that's dirty, or do you picture, like, leather and whips and hands, what, handcuffs right? and chains? What is your version of dirty? Again, that, exactly, that word is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I guess... What in my experience, what I associate with the word dirty when it comes to sex is um, two lots of partners, like lots of unprotected yes. sex, unprotected sex, yeah. lots of partners with like no relationship. So it's gotcha. if you're having that, I want to make this very clear if you are having unprotected sex with multiple partners, 
No judgment. Like, but you better be transparent it, with your partners. Yes, be transparent with your partners. Be transparent with yourself. Educate yourself on the risks. And get but tested. again, but again, no judgment. Yeah, it's yeah. your body. As long as everything's consensual, everybody's happy. Nobody's getting hurt. Rock on. Both of, the, both of the women in this room have clearly had unprotected sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as I'm cooking my food. yeah yeah yes. So it, it, again, it's one of those things. No judgment. Right. Like, again, there to me, unless you're sexual fantasies and or practices involve minor children i don't judge anyone as long as your everything you're doing is of age consensual doesn't hurt anybody and legal awesome i mean there's even some illegal things because of illegal substances that i'm pro incorporating with sex because mm-hmm. certain states are behind the times but anyways yeah now i lost oh, I got a little tendon i lost where we were at but but that's the thing is oh dirty the word dirty yeah Go through your head and go, okay, but what am I, what do I think the word dirty means? What do I think the word wrong means in terms of sex? And do I think what I'm doing is exactly. dirty? Exactly. Because you might think that all sex is dirty, but then if you actually think about what the type of sex you're having, does that align with your beliefs or right. not? Because that'll help break that down as well. Exactly. Because, and then it's just repetition, I think. Yeah. Because it's not going to, the first time you go, okay, no, what, what I did last night was not dirty. It was yeah. great. And yeah. then the next time it's going to creep up. You're not going to be superhero at no. that week too. Like mm-hmm. you just have to constantly remind yourself. It's a and muscle. Then, you yeah. It. Find friends you can talk to that have the same ideas and beliefs that you do about talk sex. Talk to your partner about it. Talk to your partner about it for sure. Um, but anywhere that you can just get the reinforcement that you're looking for and then remember that that's, that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. And remember that where you are right now is also not wrong. Just because you don't want to be there doesn't make it wrong. And I think that that's, that's for me where I'm doing a lot of recognition of is that I'm struggle busting so much with whatever I am in the moment that I think that I'm stuck here mm-hmm. and just being okay with that. All right, well, I won't be here forever. Like accepting that mm-hmm. that's been really difficult, but it's been, ugh, it's, it's, it's good work. Okay. So yeah. So higher libido and, um, that's also, what's the word? We just said it. It's subjective too. Mm-hmm. That's subjective as well. Because maybe you're in a relationship where, where your partner only desires it once a month and you want it once a week and you think that that's excessive. Oh yeah. Right. But then there's women who. Like myself. Could have it every day. Multiple times yeah, a day. Yeah, exactly. But... So again, it's, it's all, it's all relative. So find out by having a conversation with your partner. Yeah. And be honest with your partner and hopefully they'll be honest with you about wants and desires and needs and if there's a disconnect, I mean, I'm pretty open and honest with my relationship with Brett. Like, my libido is higher than Brett's. It was before pregnancy, and now pregnancy has just magnified it because mm-hmm. of hormones. But he was very open and honest and talked about the things that are going on in his life that are affecting his libido. The fact that, you know, Which is really great for him, by the way, because yeah. masculinity sometimes, that I know the awareness is not there. I'm pretty lucky. I think it's yeah. because I talk out loud about a lot of the stuff that I'm going through and I'm very vulnerable with my own struggles that he feels comfortable opening up and non-judgmental. But he opened up about like the stress of his court case with his kids and like child custody, the stress, the physical stress of his job because he does manual labor. So it's like, you know, we kind of came to this agreement that one of my fantasies since he comes home all hot and sweaty is that he just comes in the door and we just bang it out like right there in the entryway but he made it very clear he's like while that is hot and like awesome that you want to jump my bones the second I walk in the door he's like I literally just got done working outside in the heat all day so physically I cannot perform and and he's like and if you force me to try and perform I'm gonna get down about the fact that I can't perform and so it's one of those things that while it's frustrating because I'm like I'm not gonna get that fantasy I understand it's funny that they're banging on the door (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) but it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, oh, bummer. Like, I'm not going to get to fulfill that fantasy. It's also like, 
but I understand my partner's like wants and desires as well, and I don't want to make him feel bad because he can't perform. Like, right, so that's you can understand the his of perspective of the fantasy. Exactly, and also you're so you're also not waiting an expectation. Yes, and it's also I'm not like I'm not bummed out or let down every time he comes home and goes to take a shower and lay down for a little bit after work. I'm not like, oh, like what's that? I told you my fantasy wife did yeah, not happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, now I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, he needs some time to cool down. He needs some time to relax. So, yeah. Communication's I, pretty awesome. Yes, can I also say that, um, so, having a partner who is in that, I don't I don't know how to say it without just saying it. So, like. Just say it. Well, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> It's Brett. We don't care. It's no, fine. it's not Brett. No, it's not. It's it's more like, but having a partner, like I think that's able to shift that perspective. Like you had said, I think for when you talked about like him working out all all day out in the heat, like yes, like like I would say. So here's a scenario. Like maybe you initiate something, mm-hmm. and partner just right t- turns you down, mm-hmm. and so then without any clarification you're feeling rejected. Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. But if something comes up where it's like, I just thought that this was really cognizant, maybe. Mm-hmm. We, as a partner who works out in the heat and hard labor, right, you're probably going to want me to wash my balls first. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, like I know you think that this is hot, but you probably have no idea how gross of a man I smell. Right? Oh, oh, so, yeah. like, without that perspective, mm-hmm. right, like, that would be for for, I think, for a woman who... Um, you're like, hey, I'm like day two period, haven't showered. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to hook up, but I need a shower first, exactly. right? Like, that's you. That's awkward, or but it's okay to have those conversations. Your body is normal. It's normal to sweat. It's normal to stink. It's normal to discharge. So making those, and it it doesn't have to be like we sat here and giggled, but in the moment, I like appreciated that feedback. Yeah, like kind of just knowing that I wouldn't have thought about that. I wouldn't have thought about that. Oh yeah. So it has nothing to do with rejection. It's about convenience and appreciation for your partner's yes. nose <laughs> and in I, that regard I really appreciate where I'm at in my relationship now when it comes to talking about sexual things because in the beginning I very much so would not tell him what I my train of thought was and so if I felt like he was you know turning me down for the night or rejecting right. me I internalized all Absolutely. of that and cried like Absolutely. there were there were a couple of times that before I was comfortable crying in front of him, would go out to my car in the middle of the night after he'd fallen asleep to cry because I was like, he rejected me, he doesn't find me attractive, he, like, he's going to break up with me, like, crazy monkey mind, right? New girl in a relationship. Right. And so now it's, you know, he he and I both, it's, it's equal, I mean, turn each other down occasionally, but it's like, right now I'm dealing with a lot of hip issues and back issues, and so it's like, Mentally, I'm like, I want to jump your bones, but physically, my, my body's like, if you do, you will break. Like, everything is going to break in half. And so it's just communicating that. And some days are better than others. But then it's on his part, if if he feels really stressed out about something that he hasn't talked to me about, that's a great, like, opener of, hey, I really want to have sex tonight, but I've got this going on. And then we talk about whatever's going on. And then sometimes he feels better. And he's like, okay, now that I've got off it, that off my chest, I want to put something else on my chest. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, it leads into sex. But it's just having a relationship where I feel like I can talk to my partner and be vulnerable and be honest without the fear of being like them getting angry or turn, turn the situation around as to how dare you kind of things. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And yes. if you're not in a relationship like that, just know, see, it's possible. It's possible. Keep, keep looking. It's possible. Yes. <laughs> I mean, cause it is one of the things it. that people often still say to me is like, how do I find a tone? I'm like, what do you mean? How do you find, like, I don't know how I found him. Yeah. I actually do. I actually figured it out the other day. I finally had like this huge aha moment and it was like way out of my comfort zone to share it with him. Cause I'm like, you're going to think it's woohooey. <laughs> and then I kind of, it was so, like, I shared it with him and he's like, 
was there an end to your story? I'm like, <laughs> see, <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. This is, it's fine. It was, it was for me. It was not for him. So that was why I was like, that's so why. how'd you find home? I want to, now I want to know. Oh, well, that ought to be a conversation off podcast. Oh, okay. Not that's because fine. of privacy. Cause it'll, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you know more than listeners do for me to be able to like explain it in yeah, better yeah. detail. So, um, I think what you, you had just ended your last conversation we were talking about with being able to have that kind of conversation and relationship leads into, you know, when you talk about having the lower libido in the mm-hmm. relationship, because again, that was what was cliche, but it definitely ha- still happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's gray areas. I have women I speak to who feel terrible about having a low libido and oh, yeah. they, maybe they had a higher libido in the past and they don't know why it's different and they're trying to figure it out. Maybe they've never had a high libido. Um, and maybe they've never talked to their doctor about some things that could be going on that's causing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just are low sexual desire. So there's, and then there's everything in between. There's like, sometimes I want it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I hate my partner. Sometimes it's, <laughs> he's the most attractive thing I've ever seen, whatever. So there's so many areas to it, but I would say that the, the sad thing for people who don't want to hear this is that it still boils down to communication. And the hard thing out of that is that it takes two people to communicate. So sometimes you're on one side of the fence where you're totally ready to be open and talk about these things mm-hmm. and that person is not. And it, it's difficult as the consultant in that role because we almost always will never meet your partner. Oh, so yeah. we can't get their perspective. We can't talk to them. And even if we were close enough to do so they probably wouldn't open up to us about mm-hmm. the things that we need to know. But I, I will say that I, I feel very grateful for the women who have stuck with me over the years that their partners absolutely have come to know me through Facebook and trust me in, in that sense. Where oh, yeah. I don't get people knocking on my door to ask me questions, but I have people reaching out saying, I had my partner watch this video with me, or I talked to my partner about that thing you said, and we have questions now. Oh. And it comes through from, you know, female partner most often, but that's still really powerful stuff. Well, and it's funny that you say that because something that I hear very often in the ordering room is women asking, can I give my boyfriend your number? Can I give my husband your oh, number? Oh, yeah, that and never I, happens. And I, I literally, <laughs> never happens for me. <laughs> I literally have, have told them, I'm like, you can, but I guarantee you they'll never use it because they don't, they're, they didn't hear me talk. They didn't hear the information I give them. They're not connected to it the way I am. But I have had, I think I, I can think of two guys off the top of my head that they reached out to me on Facebook and they were just like, hey, my girlfriend, my wife, whatever, came to one of your pure romance parties. Like, I found you on Facebook, through your business card, whatever. No, like, I've never had that happen. I've had two guys in four years reach out to me. One was he wanted to order something for her um, so, to surprise her and he didn't know, like he had no idea where to start. And then the other one was he asked me a relationship question. And That's I was cool. just like, I was like, I did this? have... Well, I, I did have a completely random guy reach out to me. He was getting married, and he was a virgin. Oh. And I did check out his page first. He was, like, like a pastor or something. Oh, okay. Like, Legit. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so I, I did talk to him for, like, two weeks straight about, like, just, like, first night stuff and that kind of thing. So that was really cool. And that was – he's, like, I just put in Pure Romance Consultant, and I found you on Facebook. And he was, like, from Texas. Mm. So that was really cool. And that was just recently, actually. That was this year. Um, but no – but I have had a lot of this run into somebody in public – Oh my God, this is Rachel, you know, from Facebook. And he's like, hi, (laughs) like, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not always like that. Like there's obviously definitely some cool dudes who are down. You're like, oh Oh. yeah, you're that chick. Like, oh my, my wife. And it's best when they say things like my wife has the best time at your parties. Please don't say something to me about being, oh, you're the, you're the butt plug lady. Like, I don't even care if you really call me a vibrator. You're the vibrator. I don't really care about that, honestly. That doesn't bother me either. Don't call me a butt plug lady. Like, <laughs> in public, especially. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is 
That's not a t-shirt I'm trying to wear. Like a koozie I'm trying to print. Imagine you with your kids like out to dinner and somebody's just like, all right, fuck luck lady. Now look what I started. Okay. Uh, that doesn't happen really, no. but, uh, but I love it when they're good sports because they, I think that for the most part, if, if I'm recognizable to them, I've made an impact somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really great stuff. So I, yeah. I, I still have a vivid memory of, we were getting ready to go to Missouri, I think for a team meeting or something. And we were at Super Saver and a gal ran into you and like said hi. And you were just like, Oh, hi. And then you like, you felt back cause you didn't know who she was, but she was so excited to run into you in public. And I remember like. I think I was, we were with Lacey and we were like giving you crap about <laughs> you your, a hard time <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. You crap about your PR tumor. Yes. <laughs> I did also have that happen one time where I, I did like an exchange for a lady. It oh, was yeah. so cute. Amber, I'm going to call her out. Uh, like I went to her house and she opened the door. She's like, come in, come in. And I was like, nobody ever asked me to come in for a product swap, you know? Yeah. And she was like, I'm so glad you're here. Like we chatted for like five, 10 minutes about the page and stuff like that. I've never had that happen. But, and then I had dinner with a client last week who, and it was funny because uh, like Tony was like, who are you going to dinner with? And I said, I was like, well, she started off as a client. She was a great client of mine. She became more of a friend. She started hanging out when I did the coaching. Like I'm like going on to like the evolution of our relationship basically. So I'm like, she's like a friend now. So we went to dinner. I was like, she's doing her own thing. We're kind of talking about that or whatever. So I was telling her about how I told Tony that. And she goes, oh, my God, that's funny you said that. Because I was literally on my way here going, holy shit, I'm about to have dinner with Rachel. I was like, oh, my God. What do you mean? I'm just a person. I'm just a person. Uh, but that's still great. Like if they think if if they think that way of me for some reason, I thought of that way of somebody else. Mm-hmm. I thought of that way of somebody else, and that person absolutely elevated me to be the next level mm-hmm. of who I am. So you did that for me. I think it, that gave me a little thing right here that went right here. <laughs> so you can't see me in the podcast, but I went from my chest to my throat. Oh, yep. Does the air get tight in here? <laughs> So lower libido is where we're going with that. Um, but here's the thing is that like I, there is, that's the thing is that you have to figure it out. Like, is it a mental connection? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it some, something tied to your perception of sex? Does it turn you off when mm-hmm. you think about sex? Is it a potential hormone imbalance, diet issue, lifestyle mm-hmm. contri- con- contribution? Those are all important. Or just age and menopause, premenopausal women. Yeah. It's all hormonal changes. All hormonal. Natural, normal bodily changes yep. that you go through. Common. Common. Um, is it your relationship? Mm-hmm. Are you just detached from your partner? Do you have trust issues with your partner? Are you checked out of your relationship? Um, any you, of those things. Have you gotten to a point in your relationship and with your family that you have stopped dating your partner and you've become more of roommates. Whatever role. Like, like, yeah. Whatever they're, yeah. You know, taking care of the co-parenting with children. Yeah. In the same relationship, but you've kind of, you know, stopped dating each other. So it doesn't feel like you're in a relationship anymore. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do is to talk about that kind of thing in the, cause in the ordering room, one of my first questions, well, not even the ordering room, people message me. I, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I cut through the BS because I'm like, the first question I have for you is, do you see yourself with this person long term? Mm-hmm. I could sit here all day long and you could tell me every reason why you're not wanting to have sex right now, but it doesn't matter if you don't see yourself with this person long term. And I, I've gotten very good at, I'd say I've got like probably like, I have 75% chance of being able to, I don't like to say guesstimate because it's not like I say I know, but based on 
what you tell me, I can tell you whether or not you're going to be with your... You, Predict, I, yeah. I, I can tell you if you want to be with your partner. Because I'm, I can't say whether you'll be with your partner because too many of you are still in a relationship you shouldn't be in. Correct. Or doing, you're not doing the work to repair what you want to Correct. have repaired. Um, so I can usually gauge pretty well, pretty well at that. So stop wasting your effing time, by the way, out there. But what I love about that is that, you know, when we have those hard conversations, because I've had ladies literally come back and go, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's a question you have to kind of sort through first because none of this will matter. Mm-hmm. None of this is going to make a damn bit of difference if if you don't know. Oh, yeah. Because one thing that I, I can share about my previous relationship is that when I signed the on the dotted line to become a pure romance consultant, my fiance at the time goes, why would you do that? Like, that's it, like it was clearly such a disconnect in his world that I would be interested in selling products like that. Well, because... I hope you're okay with me saying, but like the whole thing he said was, why would you do, sell something like that? You don't even like sex. Yes. And you've always told the story about like, but you're like, but I do like sex. But then you realize that you didn't like sex with, with, him. with him. And that was your aha. That moment. was like your, that was as verbatim what happened in oh, yeah. that moment. But I, cause I didn't say those words out loud to him. No. I said to my, I heard, so I screamed it in my, but I do like sex. I've always liked sex. And even in that moment, it wasn't about, well, holy crap, I'm in the wrong relationship. That was a, he doesn't believe in me to sell this. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it, there was so much resentment in that business for me, um, getting started because I, I think on his part, because it was, it was like a, it was like rubbing it in his face. Like I, st- I don't understand. Um, but Yes, it was the retrospective understanding that I was in an environment that I was not attracted to my partner in that way. And I didn't know. I didn't know that. I just thought it was normal to feel the way that I was feeling after a decade of being together. And Mm -hmm. um, I would still say that I had a really high drive. I think that that was definitely... That's like another story for another day. But that was definitely... I've mentioned this on other podcasts. That's why I often broke it off. But I couldn't see the pattern in that. Mm -hmm. Stupid Rachel. I wasted a lot of people's time. Um, so I, there's a lot of dissecting when it, you're the one that you feel like you have a lot. I, I, I feel like it's easier for me to work with women who have higher libido than oh, yeah. it is with a lower libido because I think that's a lot of internal connections between figuring things out and being open to re, rewiring a new habit of yeah. thought. Because I'm not even asking you to get into a new habit of action of initiating or telling your like masturbating or whatever, but just thought about that. This is normal. It's natural. It's it's okay. And the thing that I stress to women is if you have the lower libido in the relationship, whatever, again, that's, you know, relative to your relationship, what, what the lower end means. Yes. Um, do not ever let somebody tell you to just have sex. Like, just have sex, get over it. Just have sex, it'll fix your relationship. Just have sex, it'll make it better. Sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. I tell you that, right? But I don't think that that's a healthy way to figure out that like you're not going to find out the root of the cause you're not going to figure out how to fix your relationship or why you have a low libido by just no no i think they're being yeah it's going to make your situation worse worse because you're going to feel obligated to have sex and you should not in my opinion you should never Never. feel obligated to have sex with your partner you should want to have sex with your partner unless you're in a you know, unless you're in a relationship where sex is not your end all be all or your your main focus or it's it's not a contributing factor anymore. Because there's a lot of relationships, especially as you get older, yeah. that it's there it's all about companionship and sex is not a, even a small factor in their relationships, which is perfectly normal and fine and okay. And that's awesome for your relationship. But if you're in a relationship where you feel like you want to have sex, but you can't figure out why your body doesn't want to have sex, 
don't just do it. Don't like. Yeah, I agree with that. Don't just like. Just don't. Don't just lay down. Don't and be take a death fetch. Yeah, to make your partner happy because you're not. You're not going to be making your partner happy by being miserable. Correct. I agree. And I would agree with that yeah. fully for sure. Um, I was just curious if I had said this on a previous podcast. So stop me if I have. When I, when you said that, because right towards the end of my relationship, I might have been having that identical conversation about what Brett Brent said to me. Brett, <laughs> what <laughs> Brent said to me about being a pure romance consultant to my best friend, who then said, "Well, sometimes you just got to just do it." Did I say this? Maybe I don't remember. So th- those it was almost those identical words, and in that moment. As somebody who was, like, is still my best friend to this day, who literally helped me raise Cole for a couple of years, I never, never thought her advice was wrong. Every time she's ever given me life advice, in in that moment, I was like, that is the worst thing I've ever heard her say to me. And I truly believe to this day, I understand what her intention was. And it was different from the interpretation I was taking from her, because she didn't know Mm-hmm. where I was at, where my head was in, in that relationship. Like she, I probably assumed that at some point I was still attracted to him mm-hmm. and I didn't know that I wasn't. So for me, I was hearing what you were just saying was like, I could never have sex with somebody just to have sex with somebody or to appease them, I yeah. guess. Um, and I was, it like, it, it, I can remember, like, it felt like it reverberated out for me that I was like, and neither should anybody else. <laughs> like, I was like, how dare you? But well, I, again, that wasn't her intention. It was no. my interpretation. When I've heard, I've heard people tell their friends. Oh yeah, I've like, heard that too. Like, oh, you should just do, like, just have sex. Like, you yeah. just need to get over the hump, over the dry spell, whatever. And it's one of those things where you, you have to take a step back. No, you have and, to figure out why you don't want to have sex. Yes. <laughs> but you have to take a step back of, okay, just do it. If you want to have sex, but you, like, there's been a barrier or time constraint or, like, scheduling conflict or whatever, and you're like, you just gotta do it. Like, screw if the kids are awake or not. Like, just lock the bedroom door and just do it. That's one thing. Yeah, that's different. You want to have sex. The desire is there. You want to make it work. Exactly. But there is, there is something, physical barrier that you have to, to just get over the physical barrier to be able to have sex. But if you are in a mental state where you do not want to have sex... Don't ever let somebody pressure you into just doing it to appease somebody else. Like yeah. that, that in my book is a reason to leave a relationship. Like I, I, personally, I, I, I was literally, while you were saying that, I think that that was a slippery slope into. Oh yeah. Some, I, some mm, rape. Harsher, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now we're going to say marital rape. Yeah. Mar- and marital rape is a thing. It is a it, thing. It exists. It is not You don't have to actually book. be married by that, by that term, by the way. Yes. If you're in a relationship with anyone and they force you to have intercourse when you do not want to have intercourse, in my book, that is rape. It might, it, I'm not trying to take away from anyone else's experience. If it was a stranger, you were abducted, whatever your situation was. But if you do not want to give your body to another person in any circumstance, any relationship to that other person, you should not have to. Your yeah. body, your choice. Yep. And so it's one of those things where when people say that, like, I cringe. My whole body cringes. Well, because I just don't think a lot of women know it's a thing. No, like they, they don't. Because they feel the obligation. They or they think because they know this person or even love this person that it's it, like it's not rape. Yeah, how could it be rape? Like, I'm just yeah. doing what the Lord put me on this earth to do to please yeah, my husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that is the narrative of the white man from the early 50s, <laughs> yeah. 60s or whatever, yeah. telling the housewives that it's our duty to please our partners. It's not. It's not your duty, it's but it should not. be your It should be your want. You should, yes. Yeah. But um, not, there's another word for equally that I was trying to think of, and pregnancy brain's getting the best of me today. But it should be equal on both sides. You should want to please your partner to to make them happy, as your partner should want to please you to make you right. happy. Right, it should overall enrich both of your experiences. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so I would say the opposite end of the spectrum, of course, like, so you've got these women that 
they don't know why and they're kind of upset about it. They feel guilty about it. And then I have women who are just like angry. Like they don't give to if they <laughs> ever get libido back. And those women, it's harder for me to work with. Oh. Um, I mean, I'll tell you first and foremost, most of them aren't coming in the order room anyway. Because exactly. they don't want to talk to me. Exactly. Um, and some of them often don't even like that I'm there. No. And I'm like, then why are you here? Very, but I know why you're mad at me. They are very vocal negatively. Oh, yeah. That product the, the is stupid. I would yep. never buy that. Yep. Um, we, we, we know you, girls. We know you, and yep. we know you well. And I'm not... Uh, listen, I know that your intention there is not to upset me or try to make me mad. But at the same time, you know it kind of is. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to. So just know that. Because I, I don't even want to say this, but I just feel bad for you. Well, it's one of those things that I don't... I am happy that you're here. I'm happy that you showed up to yeah. have a girl's night to yeah. whatever your reason for showing up, even if it was just to heckle me, yep. but it's, I get mad and angry because you don't know anyone else's story in this room. So if I, if there's 20 women in this room right now and you're negatively talking about sex, there could be somebody in here who is a rape survivor, a sexual assault victim who was scared to show up because they want to have sex, but they feel guilty or dirty about yeah, it. Yeah. And now hearing someone vocally tell them that that product is wrong, but they were semi-interested in it. Yeah. You're, you're setting them back for their progress. Yep. There's women in there that have never heard about these products. And so their first impression of these products is someone talking negatively about it instead of listening to the educational portion about why using a lubricant might be important. But you say, uh, like that made his, his penis slip out and go in the wrong hole. And that was disgusting. And like, well, it's not even that. Broke. It's just like, like the great headers. Like when you talk about oh, lubricants yeah. for oral and like, ah, are you serious? Oh, yeah. Um, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's anything. It's heckling. It's still painting a negative picture about something right. that could be beneficial to another person in the room. So you like, I, I love when women come to the ordering room and they share their negative experiences with a product with me because it helps uh-huh. me figure out what they actually need, need in the bedroom. And it's not always or if a pro- they were using that right. Yes. And it's not always a product. Like yeah. I am, I have never been a consultant that was pushy. That was like, Oh, you have to buy this. You have to buy this. You have to buy this. I'm like, what kind of sex do you like? What, what can, how can I benefit you? Is there anything in the catalog that sparked your interest that you have more questions about? Have you tried anything similar to these products? Like I like finding out about the, the client, right? but it's, it, it breaks my heart when I can see somebody in, in the crowd, somebody in the room who looks really excited about a product, hear somebody go gross or like, ew, like, and then their light dims because they're like, Oh, now I feel shame or guilt about being interested in that product. And then that person who feels shame and guilt usually never comes to the ordering room because they don't want to be seen as dirty for going into the ordering room. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say that I feel sorry for you, I think I should clarify, like, the women that feel that way because it's, I don't know if it's, I think it's more empathy. It's just because you just feel like that is the way it should be because it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have zero desire, it's, that's different. But when you have anger... Something. Or disgust yeah. around it. There's something yeah. tied to that. Exactly. There's something tied to that. So, um, and you're coping with anger and negativity. Mm, yeah, and that's not a way to want to live. Like, right. I, I don't like living in negativity. So. Correct. Correct. And then I also feel for your partner because oh. what if part what if what if your partner? It is incredibly important for them to have physical touch and intimacy. And to you, I mean, you're treating it like it's garbage. Mm-hmm. So how does that that and that I think is the biggest thing for me is especially like. Gosh, I don't like, like they, uh, sometimes I've heard women like, what is the word I'm looking at? It's almost like a celebratory thing. Like I haven't, we haven't even done that in six or nine months. And I'm just like, but what about your partner? Mm -hmm. So what is your partner's incentive to 
anything that you're asking for in the relationship, again, that doesn't go back to you trade sex for something. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about mm-hmm. connection. I'm talking about making sure that their needs are validated and a priority in your life. If, if you want that relationship to grow, mm-hmm. then it should be. Uh, so, yeah. That, that's, as I said, that's harder for me because I don't feel like I have as much experience or exposure to women who are willing to have a hard conversation about, why did you, why do you feel that way? You know, like, or what's even more funny is like when they will talk like that at a party and you'll get them to come into the ordering room. And sometimes like they'll maybe just buy something completely random, mm-hmm. but then other times that they get something that you're like, okay, well, you're really lucky that the order room's confidential because if, if, if you would have sat out there and talked the way you talked and then your friends knew what you came in here and ordered... We're, we have to be best friends for life now because, and you, you, you'd better, you better make sure that you have a good time when you use that stuff. Like it just, it's, but it's, it's just, it's a guise is all it is. You just keep that up there for people so that they can't oh, yeah. see. Well, and I, I'm a firm believer that people you like do those kind of outbursts in any situation in life to cover up or to overcompensate for something else that's, that they're not happy with. Mm-hmm. So it's. You might be talking crap and smack about a product, but you're really mad because your partner, like, you don't feel that intimacy with your partner. So instead of figuring out the reason because of that, you're just going to take it out on a pure romance consultant, Mm -hmm. you know, because she's quote unquote slinging dongs and you're mad because you're not getting any, like. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that one too. Don't be mad at me. I've heard that one too. I've heard that one too. So, um, yeah, so all in all, like we said, I think it just boils back down to communication, um, which is all in baby steps. And when you talk about communication, I think one of the the hardest things about that is that it's off-putting because it can be intimidating. It can be off-putting because you don't know where to start. It can be off-putting because maybe your partner's walls are not down as much as you need them to be. But um, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. And the thing I recommend is starting with yourself, asking yourself the hard questions, asking yourself how uh, clear do you need to get on what your expectation is on not only pleasure for you, but pleasure within a relationship. And if you want it bad enough, it'll manifest itself in my opinion, but stop focusing on what's not working because you're only going to get more of that. Worrying is praying for stuff you don't want. Yes. And worrying just prolongs your misery because it hasn't even happened yet. Whatever you're worrying about hasn't happened yet. So being stuck in that place of negativity for longer than you have to be. Well, but if you're thinking about it, by the way, it's just manifesting it. You know, like I was thinking about this the other day. So like one of Cole's favorite things to do is to swing Olivia around in circles. Um, But I have to remind him like, Hey, you have to lift her up from her armpits. You can't hold her from her wrists. And um, then I think to myself, I'm like, one of these days he's going to like pop her arm out of her socket. Yeah. But then I think to myself, well, who's really at fault? Cause I'm going to say, then I'm going to say, I told you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times not to pull her arm out of her socket, asking the universe for my kid to pull her arm out of her socket, mm-hmm. you know? But if I just say something like, Hey, be very clear about how you want to play with your sister or something to that effect and guide him in a path of figuring out, like, what's safest, what's best, what, whatever, whatever. Then I'm not asking for – and I know that this sounds, like, woohoo silly, but my point is, is, like, because if it were to happen, I would be so mad. Oh, I'd yeah. be so mad because all I talked about was that could shouldn't happen, it shouldn't happen, it shouldn't happen. But if I don't focus on it and it happens, it would be more of a, oh, that's unfortunate that that happened. Oh, yeah. But I won't be sitting and stinking and stewing and super mad at my kid because I – had vocalized it every day to remind myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's also, I've, um, 
I follow one of these teacher gals on TikTok. Um, she teaches young, young children. And she talks about the way you, the way you word things is very important when you talk to children. Yep. Um, because whatever you tell them is what they're going to do. So if you tell them not to do something, they're going to do that thing. Yeah, don't do that means they'll go do it. Exactly. So her example was kids standing on chairs or tables. Like, you know, get your feet off the table. Oh, they heard feet on table. So now they're going to put their feet on the table. Yeah. So instead of saying, get your feet off the table, you need to say feet on floor. Like safe feet, you know, stand safe. Because then they're going to save feet. Safe feet means feet on the floor. They're going to stand safe. They know that they're not supposed to be standing on things. Yep. So it's all about how you verbalize things and how you manifest it. So Yeah, woo-hoo. I know. And people think that is woohoo-y almost, but it's just like, and it, so I've, I've, you know, people roll their eyes when we talk about how we don't tell Olivia no. We don't tell her no. We just tell her what she can do. And that's the difference is like, it's just the simple, and, and the simple shift in perspective in terms of what you're teaching them. But what you had mentioned is then, then you, it relieves you because then you're not scolding. Then mm-hmm. you're not, I, you're not making them feel bad. You're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to as a parent. And to me, that goes back also to like using consequence versus, um, punishment, mm-hmm. you know? So it's all about that thing. So you have to just make sure that you're just being very cognizant of what you're wanting out of your relationships. So how are you verbalizing it? So yeah. that's why it takes so much work for you first before you can ever expect that your partner is ever going to get on that level oh, with yeah. you. Um, but the more they see you grow, the more that they're either going to one of two ways. They're either going to want want what you got, so they're going to figure out their way to get closer to you, or they're going to be so torn up about the relationship and that your fact that you remind them of the person that they want to be but can't be, they'll leave. Yes. Or you'll get sick and tired and leave. But I'm just saying, like, don't be scared of those four options because I think that's part of it is, like, People say either I'm going to get better and he never gets better. So then what happens if I have to leave? Or what if I get better and he doesn't like it and leaves? Oh, well. Then that's not the relationship for you. Correct. And I know that's, but but it's not a reason not to work on yourself. It's not a reason not to work on yourself for fear of losing something you shouldn't have anyway. Exactly. And I know we're coming to the end of our time, but I I was just going to say, if you're, if you wish that your partner was more willing or open to have those hard conversations about intimacy and things like that lead by example start with yourself like if you're afraid that they're going to use things against you start small don't give them the whole kit and caboodle of everything of vulnerability don't open the whole safe it's almost like you almost test your trust with your partner is you share a little bit you see how they react to it and then you continue to share little things until until you feel comfortable in your relationship and how your partner is going to react that you feel that you can can be 100 vulnerable and i promise you because i've done with it i've i've lived it and had experience with it the more that you open up and are are accepting of their answer or uh, like tell them ver- like verbalize i really appreciate how you didn't make me feel bad about this i really appreciate that i was able to open up to you they're going to say hey I, I can open up to my partner because they're not they're going to react the way i did because mm-hmm. they appreciated it yeah. so it's it's training your partner on how to talk about those those icky subjects. I say the baby steps about. is all it is. Yeah. Because really you can't expect the two of you are going to go out for a run right no, away. Exactly. Yeah. Go out, start taking some baby steps around the block. So that's where it starts. So um, I hope that you got some value from this. If you did, I'm going to recommend that you share it to your partner or, like, or okay. listen to it together if you want to. You can listen on times three, get done with it and like. 35 minutes. I don't know. But anyway, um, or to a girlfriend, of course, that you feel like would get some value from it as well. We would appreciate that. It's uh, makes you beautiful, by the way. It's a fact. So um, go ahead and wrap it up. Tell them where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. Boudoir Photos with Anderson is that secret group that I'm excited about. But again, I will say this every single time. I like friends. So send me a time request. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologies for the tiny baby hands that are 
banging on the office door, but it is what it is. So tune in tomorrow for Cooking in Chef Tone's Kitchen. We'll be cooking up. Well, I don't even know yet, but you'll find out, and you can win it for free by sharing the video. Tune into the empowerment class if you would like to get right with your body, mind, soul, and all the things, money, and that's included too. Your relationships, your spirituality, all that great stuff. July 29th, seats 30 bucks. You get an awesome online workbook, by the way. And of course, the VIP page where you gotta be 18 years or older and a feminine energy should be a part of it. But all the sexual wellness, all the sexual uh, intimacy building, all of that kinds of stuff, stuff from the Wish Lab coming at you from there too. I'm excited mm -hmm. about that uh, whenever UNL opens back up. So we appreciate y'all tuning in so much. We'll be back next Wednesday, of course. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Goodbye! Bye.